0: Welcome to this week's episode of the Life of the Bridal podcast. Please remember that we are not professional tipsters and always, always gamble responsibly. Hello there, listeners. Welcome to bonus content from the Life of the Bridal podcast. Power rankings, chasers, herders got going to get straight into it and hand over to Jack
1: to explain. So, thank you, Will. The concept of a power rankings is if you watch any American sports podcast, hosts will give their thoughts on their top 10 most informed teams or athletes. So the concept here I've gone for is I've picked my top 10 informed chasers. They're not necessarily who I think the top 10 chasers are in training in Ireland and the United Kingdom, the current top 10 in-form chasers. So I'm just going to start with three honourable mentions. Will's going to light up when I mention one of these. I've gone for The Real Whacker, who has multiple options at this Cheltenham Festival. Um, Ed Siddharth, who has beaten some really high-profile horses so far this season. and I've also gone for Banbridge who, consistent horse, doing a lot of right at the moment. People like like that. So, in number 10, I've gone for Edwardston. I think Edwardston is a really smart performer. He did really well at Sandown Park earlier in the year. Uh, romped to victory. He then went on to Kempton, where he, was, he unseated. Now, I think it's important for listeners to understand an unseat is different to a fall it's you can blame the jockey a bit more for an unseat um probably still the horse is responsible but if you're falling you're not jumping correctly okay so i've gone edwardson he then uh, finished running up to editor dejeet at cheltenham but did absolutely demolish Enigamine in the process uh people have been Thinking that the race probably wasn't run to suit, coming down the coming down the hill to go back up the hill and round the final corner, he should have been a few strides closer, and I think if he was, he probably would have won that, and he's probably he probably would have been higher up my rankings. Then we've gone for El Fabiolo, who produced a really impressive performance over in Ireland, beating uh, Dysart Dynamo and the favourite for that race appreciate it which is a, the irish Arkle, i believe uh, which was a really really superb race cleared away from them really nicely i've then gone on to jerry colomb that's not my wallet speaking but i think jerry colomb has been a really consistent horse this year done some really good work won the silly Isles nicely concerns over whether he's just a lazy horse could be, could be raised. He doesn't seem to find top gear until he's really asked. In seventh position, I've gone for Noble Yates. I wrote him off before the January trials at Cheltenham. I thought he was going to be a, a flat-track bully, like he proved at Aintree. But he put in a really nice performance going down his saw to a hoy Senor, who, in fact, is next on my list.
2: I have never been a fan of hoy Senor. However, what he showed at Cheltenham has put
1: him in, I think, seriously good stead for the Gold Cup this year. I think it's going to suit him really well. Cheltenham form, I love it. He's beaten Protectorat, who was a big fancy for that race and also a big fancy for the Gold Cup prior. So I'm... Liking in Senor at the moment. He's definitely on the up. I'm now getting into my top five. My top five, I think, have distanced themselves from the rest of the pack. I've gone for John Bond at number five. Um, Apologise for all the El Fabiolo punters. The race at Warwick was a match race. You cannot take that as any serious form. And in fact, what it's shown is when John Bond is asked a question, he responds, and he gets the job done. Simple as. And he's been in really good form uh, before. Had a run out at Kempton on the way day. Uh, last Tuesday, I believe it was. Was it last Tuesday? Last Monday. Put in some, I saw his work. Went really well. I've then gone for Brave Man's Game in at Ooh. number four. I, I was he- hesitant about the horse. Until I listened to Messers, Nichols, Denine and Jennings um, <laughs> on Paul Nichols, um, stable tour when Paul scared the bejesus out of, uh, Dineen, which was quite, quite funny. Had him on the back foot from the get, from the get go. <laughs> um,
2: yeah.
1: Uh, looking back at the race, I like long press for the Gold Cup. Oh, prior. To what happened in the King George, I thought Brave Man's game was. Uh, I hate to say it, he was exceptional. He put in a really tidy performance, and he's get he is just getting better. And you you look at his performances since he's been chasing. The evidence is there. You can't deny that. Definitely a horse on the up. Um, this is number three. Is purely reaction to what happened at Ascot. But Shishkin is in at number three. He's rediscovered that just electric form, which we uh, loved about him prior to his, his setback in the uh, champion chase last year. Saw him win uh, twice at Cheltenham at the festival before. Really exceptional performance. He's now odds on. I, I, I was looking at Coral four to six oh. for the... <laughs> For the for the Ryanair, it's just, even that's a touch short for me. Yeah. But I don't really see much that beats it. And if he produces anything like what he did um, back, at Chel- uh, back at Ascot, I apologise there, he's going to romp it. And we could see him potentially in the Gold Cup next year. And that would be really exciting. I was talking to Will earlier the gold cup next year could be an incredible race. We seem to say that every year, but I've got more <laughs> yes. confidence about next year than I do this year. <laughs> Number two, I have Galopin de Champ, who I'm a massive fan of. I'll say this quite I say this quite a lot. He just wins. Um yeah. I think he will do again. I think he sees his fences really nicely. Now, I know people are going to start talking about what happened at the festival last year. It's a mistake. It happens to all horses. But you've seen the performances he's put in since, destroying just, you know, finishing in a different... He was finishing... The others were in a different postcode prior to him, you know, whilst he's been finishing. And at number one, this is going to really annoy you two I know oh, what it is <laughs> I've gone for Mighty Potter
2: yeah
1: um there is there is not a horse who has improved more in national Hunt racing his performance at them last year to what he's been producing this year uh, two completely different horses he's he sees his fences on a really nice stride he's beaten some serious serious talent and I think he is just an absolute sure thing for the Turners this year. And I think he's going to be go very, very close Gold Cup next year. That's what oh. I was just
3: about to ask. That's what I was just about to ask. Because I, I, think, I, I think don't disagree. There. I don't
1: disagree. I think he goes there. And as well, we keep saying, he's going to be a great Gold Cup next
0: It will be. It will be. There are going to be a lot of horses. Mighty Potter might be there next year, but it's not going to win. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I'm going to say.
1: Um, That's my power rankings. So agree, disagree with me, throw whatever you want at me. That's what I think. And again, I state they're not what I think are the 10 best horses. They are currently, in my, my opinion, the 10 most informed chasers on the national hunt scene at this moment. Do you know what, Will?
3: I'm disagreeing with it less than I thought I would. I'll be honest.
1: There you go. Yeah.
0: There you well, go. I'd actually agree because when you look, when, you talk, when it's current, there are a number of horses that that would be in a top 10, like on time form, for example, but they just haven't run. So, you know, Alaho, for example, you can't consider. No. I mean, so, so when you take that into account.
1: I'd also uh, say, potentially, if we'd seen him run, he might actually run in the next month or so. Monkfish could potentially be on that list in the yes. next season. I don't. I don't think, from what I've heard. I don't think you listened to Nick Lux, uh latest podcast. They had uh, Mr. Rich's um, training uh, racing manager. He was on, um, and hopefully, trying to get Monkfish a run in the next month. Probably going to be over hurdles. Okay,
3: interesting. Interesting. Really interesting that. Uh, the one thing I would change, and I'll be honest, it's a current ranking. I'd put Edith of the Sheet in your top ten. I really would. I'd, I, throw, I'd throw him in.
2: I... He was so
1: close to being like that list, but then I realised I didn't have John Bond in there. And...
3: I think you've got to put him in above Edward Stone.
2: John oh. was- oh and i'll oh.
3: you, you, you've got you've got the two two mile novice chasers above any current two mile open company chaser
0: i think i think potentially john bond and el fabiano well i used potentially already the potentially operative word they could they could have a higher ceiling um
2: I don't. I, I, I think
3: I agree. I think they could have a higher ceiling, but at the moment, I think de Dujit should be in there. That that's my main takeaway. He, I, he got the honorable
1: mentions list. He did. He, he would be. He would be 11 He would be the eleventh person on the team. All I'm
3: gonna. All I'm gonna say is Josh,
0: come Wednesday afternoon, mid afternoon, de Dujit will not be higher than Ed was still in the power rankings. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs>
3: I'll, I'll tell you what. He better not be he better not be, because I won't have him. And I didn't back him on trials day, even though I thought I should.
0: Yes, well, I remember we we, we, we were having a discussion about that, and we both said Ertu was the bet of the race, and neither of us backed him. So, <laughs>
3: Always put um, your money where your mouth is.
0: Yes, but I will happily go on record and say, Edwardston is going to win the champion chase. So my question to you, Jack, is if Edwardston does what I hope, must think he'll do, and win the champion chase. Where does he go in the rest?
1: Oof. He's, he's climbing. I would say... I have John Bond beating al Fabiolo. Yeah. Be. That would move Edwardson above El Fabiolo, for sure. I don't see a hoist in your All-Noble Yates winning the Gold Cup. I see them putting in a good performance in defeat, dying on their swords. So I'd mm. put them... I'd put Edwardson up another... Two I'm gonna say I'm gonna say six six or seventh.
0: So so you would have the winner of the Arkle above the winner of the champion chase. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, I'm just saying that's what you do. I I think John Bond
1: is different gravy. I fair enough. Would oh, would I say he could win the champion chase this year?
2: No. <laughs> <laughs>
3: It, it, there's no point even speculating because Nicky would never run him. So no, no it's
2: true. No. Yeah, but uh, you never know. My last question is: if
0: Shishkin, Galapandashov, and Mighty Potter all win their races, the Ryanair yeah. Gold Cup and Turners, do they just stay in that order, or does Galapand automatically become
1: number one yes. because yes. it? will automatically go number one. That is a Gold Cup. Um, he can win it by a nose. He can win it, win it by ten lengths. I would put him up there. Um, I'd also say Shishkin would have to put in something unbelievable to overtake Mighty Potter as well. Purely because the races fall apart. I, I, I,
3: I think the Turners will fall apart as well, though I think you might reconsider that once you watch the race. Because who's at, who's actually going to run in the Turners? Banbridge. Appreciate. Banbridge will run. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. There, there might be a few others, but I mean, it's not going to be the forerunner field we had last year, but it's it's not going to be uh, an oversubscribe race by any means.
1: Yeah, and, uh, I'll give a shout out again to the real Wacker, who could, you know, do anything. At the he's, he's also
3: still in the Gold Cup. He's still he in is, the Gold Cup.
1: He is, and I, I'm not saying that that is a small chance that happens. That is a reasonable chance that he could end up there. <laughs> I'm, giving, I'm saying 30%. I'm saying at least 30% chance. Uh, my last point on this,
0: someone you've not... In, a horse that's not in this list, let's say Manella Rindo, that some people are potentially asking for an each-way shout for the Gold Cup.
2: Yeah.
0: If Manella Rindo gets up and wins that or comes a you know, close second or something, does Manella Rindo get parachuted in? Does Manella Rindo go number one if it wins the Gold Cup? No. Okay. So it's only... Galapán that can go number one
1: by winning the Gold Cup. I'd, I,
3: I'd, I would say if a Plutard won the Gold Cup.
1: Well, you then have... If you have Aplutard and Aputard could potentially be two-time Gold Cup winners, which would be exceptional. And Mark Walsh um, should... Potentially, he's back in the saddle this weekend. There's a bit of a warm-up for Cheltenham, and he's booked to ride Manila Rindo. So that would be a really... That will be that will be a, a strong thing from Netherindoe. Big price at the moment, and for for a former Gold Cup winner to be was it? I've seen thirty threes banded around.
2: I think that's, that's and and the second last second last year as well. Y- yes,
0: I yeah, I, I thought it. I'm pretty sure it was second last year, yeah. and Appleby Tarl it has, it hasn't really been seen so. If Galopan doesn't uh, doesn't rock up and Apurita doesn't rock up, then Millerinda,
1: here we go. Like last year, we said this would be the best Gold Cup ever, and it could be.
0: So we've had the chasers. Now it's time for the hurdlers. We're just going to hand straight over to Jack.
1: Go on. So here we go. We're on to the hurdlers now. I'm going to start off with some honourable mentions. Uh, in one in particular, I've gone the top three in the market for one race. So I've gone for Blood, Destiny, Lossy Mouth and Gallimard. So not quite up there for the top 10, but that should be an intriguing battle. have also gone for Embassy Gardens in the Albert Bartlett, who's been in really good form recently. And this might be my wallet speaking, but home by the league as well. Not quite made it, but some solid performances so far this season just misses out. So here we go. The top 10. In at 10, who... Earlier in this week, would have been up there, would have been about third or fourth, but due to recent concerns, has dropped down to the bottom, is Blazing Carl. Been in great form recently, uh, won the Boyne Hurdle um, at Narvon quite convincingly, by three lengths. Uh, but recently, the news has come out that he might miss Cheltenham due to a nasty cut he sustained. So, fingers crossed he makes it, but for that reason, he's down. At 10. So in at 9, I've gone for a slightly left field pick here. I've gone for the current anti-post favourite in the Albert Bartlett. Now, this might be the fact that he's recently bought by a new owner, but Corbett's Cross is in at 9. A new JP McManus acquisition, trained by Emmett Mullins. He only sends over good horses. He's (laughs) won his last three outings, won four of his last five, And he's set to have a mighty tussle in that race with the Embassy Gardens. So Corvus Cross in at nine. I have then gone for what a month and a half ago would have been perhaps one of the people's anti-post bankers for the festival. I've gone with Facile Vega. Now, Facile Vega is on the list because... If I'd done this, as I said, six weeks ago, he probably would have been third or fourth. But After what happened last time at Leopardstown, he's dropped down to number eight. Really consistent horse until, however you want to put it, what happened at Leopardstown last time, who knows. I suspect it's going to be different next time round at the festival, but currently he's in at eight. I've then gone for a horse who I hope doesn't win at the festival. We've gone for Ampere Pass. So last time out at Punchestown, won by six and a half lengths. Really convincing performance. Time for that one, a big field race by 18 lengths at Nace. Now, winning a 24 run race by 18 lengths is not normal. That is a really astounding performance. And I'm, wherever, whatever, wherever, he turns up, still got a couple of entries, could be really, really impressive. Now, his rival in the Ballymore, I've gone for Hermes Allen next, who, again, some some punters may say this is, oh, Jack, this is your wallet speaking. It's not, I think, what he's shown in terms of his ability has been far greater than Perry Pass won all every one of his race by his debut and has been serving up at New Ring form at Cheltenham which I think is really important. But he's going great guns for Nichols Yard, which has been in superb form this season. So we are now at the top five. In at number five, I have gone for Marie's Rock. A horse who currently has two entries, one in the stairs, but as revealed today by uh, Midland Park Racing's uh, racing manager, I would say it's more than likely that Marie's Rock ends up in the mayor's hurdle. I, a race which I think she will win. And not just Scrape, but I think she'll win that convincingly. But having a look at her previous form, she has multiple... Ch- multiple multiple Cheltenham victories has one that punches down as well, beating the Irish lots of Irish contenders over there, and I think she's pretty close to a banker for a ten to three shot wherever she ends up now one of you two is going to really like this the other is not <laughs> I don't particularly like this either, however. I cannot ignore what Ilete Tom served up
2: at Leopardstown last time out. Josh, I think, could have picked out a good one here. Absolutely
1: demolished what was left of the field. In a race which I have to say did fall apart last time out at Leopardstown. Has lost to Fasal Vega the time before. Only by four lengths. Reverse that form next time out. Early in February. Ran at Cheltenham before, not disgraced, in what was a really, really
2: competitive triumph hurdle last year. In what was a really, really... Com- yes, it was a triumph hurdle, wasn't it? Yeah. In what
1: was a really, really competitive triumph hurdle last year. I like that.
2: And I think, although I think Fasel Vega will win, I think Ampe- um Although I think
1: Fasel Vega will win, I think Ilesse Tom is going to serve up a massive challenge.
2: Oh dear.
1: Some people don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) Now this is... In at number three is I had to make some quick changes before I came on. In at number three I've gone for Lucia. Lucia. A horse who was not many people knew about at the start. Started off in uh, January 2022 at Warwick with a win in a relatively low-key affair. Then went on to Sandown last year, early March, uh, and won again. Then subsequently turned out at Newbury at the end of November and won again. And then went off to Exeter about a month ago and won again. A lot of people's uh, anti-post favourite for the Mayor's Novice Turtle, including mine. And the, she hasn't just won her races, she's won convincingly. Uh, 11 lengths, 5.5 lengths, 17 lengths, 6.5 lengths. There have been no close shaves there, and I really don't think that anything is going to challenge her in that race. Now, moving on to the top two, unfortunately, they're quite boring picks, I have to say. I don't like to say that but if you forecast betters on the uh, champion hurdle this year, you're not going to get a massive price, and you're not going to get a massive price here either. I've gone for State Man in at number two, and I've gone for, obviously, Constitution Hill at number one. Could be one of the greatest national hunt horses we have ever seen, and will ever see. But starting with State Man, demolished Honeysuckle by over four lengths last time out. <laughs> Demolished Vauban the time before, beat Charger the time before that. One of Josh's favourites, and I mean we can't forget what he served up in the County Hurdle last year. An absolutely imperious performance, and has sub- subsequently that victory has changed uh, some rules about the entries to races. So he's unbeaten since then, and he could only be topped by one horse, and that is. The mighty Constitution Hill, who will be ridden by Nicky de Boyneville, trained by Nicky Henson, and owned by Mr Michael Buckley. What more is there to say about this horse, gents? I think he's an absolute sure thing. He's, since December 21, he has not won a race by less than 12 lengths. Five victories in that time. One at Cheltenham last year. Sandown twice. Newcastle. Kempton. Grade one winner. I just don't see anything that comes close to his form at the moment. I don't think anything is going to come close to him for several years to come. So, Jones, I'll leave you to dissect. I can see some... mm, I don't, know, I don't know what to make of I, I, I've, I've been
3: I've been writing some notes. I've got some, uh, some questions.
1: Have at it.
0: I think I'm going to have to hand over to Josh because I will need to have a little break, a little breather to try and catch a breath after some of those emissions.
3: Josh, um, what do you think of Jack's list? Well, I... I... I'm a bit disappointed Blazing Carl was only in at number 10. I'll be honest with you. I mean, Blazing Carl, he's come back from a massive absence. He's run a fantastic race in the Boyne Hurdle, beating Meet and Greet by a very similar distance to what home by the lead did, one of Jack's, um, Jack's honourable mentions. But surely after 400 odd days off, Blazing Carl can then go and improve from that. I mean, I know there's been a little bit of news about a cut he suffered to his leg. But I'll be honest, I think Charles Burns is overplaying that and I think he's got a live chance in the Stayers hurdle.
2: Potentially. I, I'm not saying he, I'm not saying he doesn't have a live chance. I I I disagree. I think this
1: count could have a bit more of an impact than people think. In terms of saying he could have been, you know, up there fourth, fifth on the list,
2: now putting down to tenth, in my my general confidence in him just isn't – I'm looking
1: ahead as well as what we've seen. My confidence in him going up against some really strong horses in the stairs hurdle, I think it's a really strong race. I know that you may you don't, Josh. Um, I, just, I just don't – something doesn't sit right with me. Can't quite put my finger on it. He could – don't, and if he if he wins by ten lengths, he wins by ten lengths, and I can see it happening. But I can also see him coming nowhere, and I see you know I can envisage throwing porter making every yard again. I can envisage homebodies <laughs> stomping home. And in an ideal world, Paisley Park wins by ten lengths, and I'm in tears. Mm. But now talking of the stayers as hurdle, as you're on it, another
3: notable omission we've got is Poo. Yes. Now, I, I know you don't think much of the form of Honeysuckle. I know you're not a big Honeysuckle fan, and yeah. she's another notable omission we can speak about as well, but Tiapu has really firmly put himself in the Sayers Hurdle picture, winning over three miles. It might not have been the best three-mile race, but he's gone and beaten Honeysuckle, and Honeysuckle did run a good race behind Man, who is your second pick.
1: True. I would... Personally, for me... Looking at varying distances, Tirpoo's run at, I would write off part of that form. I don't. I don't rate Tirpoo. If I'm if I'm brutally honest, I think you look at that race he beat Honeysuckle in.
2: People would
1: were saying, "Oh, you know, she was always going to lose a race at some point. This was just her warm up for what's coming on later this season." A lot of people downplay that performance by Honeysuckle who I don't really think has shown much this year I think State Man uh, you look at that race State Man didn't leave third or fourth gear really um, and has dismissed her quite comfortably um, so I I just don't really rate the, the form of Honeysuckle this year in particular and I don't actually think Tipu is worth is any value at the price at, at the moment.
3: Fair enough. Now, when you said Fassel Vega... Yes. Ugh, when you said Fassel Vega, I kind of went, really? And then I thought, well, if Fassel Vega's on the list, Ilete Tomp had better be on the list. And I was delighted that Ilete yeah. Tomp was on the list. And it I
2: think,
1: pains me to put Ilete Tomp on that list,
3: but
2: yeah.
3: I think well deserving. The, the horse has been brought along slowly by Willie, and I think he's done really, really well with Villette Tomps. Kind of put it into the triumph hurdle last year, learned slowly about the game, was educated about jumping. If he was to have gone and won last year, fantastic. But because he didn't go and win last year, he's got that education, and he's back in the novice hurdles this year for another crack at it. And I think really, really good chance in the Supreme. Those of you who know me know that I do have an anti-post bet on Ilse Tomps, and I am looking forward to that race. But Fassol Vega really is an informed horse. Fassol Vega, I
1: will
0: you, ahead, of, ahead of blazing. Sorry, I'm just going to jump in now. I've got I've got my breath back. Ahead of ahead of blazing cow. Yep. Seriously,
2: seriously,
1: Fassol Fasso Vega for me before what happened at um, uh, Leopardstown. Was two, three, four on this list. Leopard Sound happened. I per- and personally, I think there are several reasons why. What ha- why what unfolded? At Leopard Sound happened. I think went into a match race with High Definition, which was stupid. Got lit up early, and when High Definition uh, went down, you you just left Fassol Vega as a target for everyone else. Willie Mullins has said. It, it was a mistake. Paul Townend, you know, has pretty much owned, owned up to it. It's it's a mistake. It's a it was just it's just a racing mistake. You could say the same about Lossy Mouth. If I would put Lossy Mouth in this at eight or nine, I'd have
3: been I'd have been fuming.
1: You'd oh, have been God. fuming. But what, what do we say about Lossy Mouth? Lossy Mouth was an unlucky loser. I think Fassol Vega, in a different way, was an unlucky loser.
0: Fassol Vega has run three races now over hurdles. The first yep. two was um, massive odds on favorite against running against nothing. The first time it comes up against actual any opposition does comes nowhere. Where so where's the form? running, off, well, running well, off the
3: well, well, to, to be fair. Vega did beat Ilate in the race at Christmas And then their top yes, no, that's, Has, that's has then improved past I suppose. But it was definitely A stronger race At the Dublin Racing Festival In the pocket in there Who I do fancy For the Ballymore But you look at the form Of the it's champion ridiculous. bumper From last season It's terrible It's dreadful isn't it
2: It is, it is It's terrible
1: I, I think One I think one potential of superstar Has come from that race Ugh
0: just being sucked in by the Mullins propaganda. <laughs>
3: what 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 would you say if I was to say, why isn't Marine National rated ahead of Vega? I Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't even we'll,
0: want to we'll, mention this because I was, I was apoplectic. We've we'll
1: been for the last ten minutes. Um, I personally, you can't expect to go. Into, I, I don't think you can expect to go into Cheltenham offer how many days. When did it last run? October? November? Uh, this December. This December. Yeah, December. Say, so, oh, we're not going to run them again. till Cheltenham. Go in with that level of confidence. Yeah,
0: because, because you, because you want to keep the horse fresh. Keep the horse fresh. The f-
3: but Marie, horse? Marie National had been on the go from May through to December. Hadn't been a normal season by any stretch. No, so why, they're, wouldn't, they're, why wouldn't
1: you give the horse the time off? I don't. Well, what's wrong with have, having a prep run in February? We've had no because, because the top they,
2: top top. they
0: don't because they, they don't care about trends. because everyone says, "Oh, winner of the Supreme has to have run there," they don't care about that. Records are there to be broken. Uh, do you uh, look it, after the It's Barry the Connell. Exactly. Barry
3: Connell does what he wants. He's going to have a live chance in the Supreme. More of a chance, I would say, than Vassar Vega, and he's unbeaten.
1: Marine, I mean, it's just not even close. I, mean, I, I, I think a lot of people are listening to Barry Connell and what he's saying, and
2: and you're listening to Mullins, <laughs> just and you're listening I, to the I, Mullins clan. I'm not <laughs> I've I've seen. Look,
0: they're brilliant. Yeah. They're brilliant, and they produce winner after winner. But I just do not see it with Fassel Vega. You have them there. And then say tops, OK, I know Josh
1: is a big look, fan. With
0: one I'll decent it. race was utterly fourth. Marine National not even on the <laughs> list.
1: William Mullins hurdlers this year are fucking lethal. They're going to go out <laughs> to, uh, romp races this year. It's going to be a demolition job. Fassel Vega in the first race of the festival is going to go out and just destroy things.
0: So is that why you've got Imperio
1: Pass below Hermes Allen. Then talking about
0: Imperie. If, if, the, if, if the if the if the if the if the if the are, they're going to destroy everybody. Why Imperie Pass below Hermes oh, Allen? Because,
1: because Imperio Pass has has two liver options than Hermes Allen, and also I have. <laughs>
3: that makes absolutely no sense. But
1: Hermes Imperial Pass has two has two two. He's got a supreme entry. He's only yeah. five to one for the supreme. Yeah. And then obviously going going for the Ballymore, I yeah, think
2: they will, and they will run in the Ballymore.
1: So for that reason, if I was absolutely confident going for the Ballymore, I perhaps would have a think about it. I think Hermes Allen has shown more. I'm not saying Mullins is going to win every race. He's got Hermes in. That's not, that's not going to happen. That's not how racing works. If, 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 if You know, you can't, you can't send you know, your best horse and expect to win every single race. It doesn't happen. I think Hermes Allen is a better horse than Perry Pass and has better form. I'm not saying that there's a massive difference between the two. I think it's slightly better than Hermes Allen. OK. okay. And we'll, we'll
0: find out. We'll find out on Wednesday morning.
3: Well, talking oh, right. so about the
0: afternoon. Actually, it feels like morning this
3: afternoon. Talking about the Ballymore. another notable omission: Gaelic Warrior, the Mullins clan. What
2: happened there? Considered was considered. I murmurings and mutterings
1: I've heard. I don't think people are really as confident as what the market may suggest, or what some of the form may suggest. Uh, you look at some of the timings, uh, time trends and statistics
2: from uh, Leopardstown. Does he have the pace? I don't think so. Uh, do I think he's
1: beaten a lot in that race? No, not really. Ten- no, not not for me, I'm afraid. Not for me.
3: OK, and the, the last note for the last mission I really wanted to mention was there. Uh... Another, but one from the Barry Connell stable well, in good lands. Uh,
0: I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I, I didn't even. I thought there's no point even mentioning this because I know Jack's just got a vendetta and he's just not going to mention it.
1: I've well, I don't have a vendetta. I don't have a vendetta. I. <laughs> I think. I think people take owners' hype a little too seriously.
3: When Barry Connell
2: does the supreme Barrymore double, what were you saying? Sorry, congratulations. A public statement. <laughs> I mean, no, every I, I, every, I, I, every I, I, race.
1: If that if that double if that if that goes and happens, I will say this podcast,
2: congratulations, Barry Connell. I was wrong. Congratulations on you, double, Season Every fair. race over. Every race over hurdles. That Goodland has finished. Goodland has won. Just. Wow.
3: That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Now, number three, Luke Shear. Luke Cheer. Yeah. I, I'll be honest,
2: I don't like the form.
3: I don't, know, don't like no, the
2: form. I, now whether I just like Nico
1: de Boingville as a fair weather racer and Nicky, at the, the de Boingville Henderson combination, I do like that combination. I think it serves up some Good results. Um, I'm not necessarily saying I've got a problem with cheer being on the list. I just think it's been really, really yeah. impressive, and it's and it's caught the eye. It's come from nowhere. I think. I think that's the angle I'm coming from. People had relatively no clue who the horse was at the beginning of the season. Gone out and producing two really exceptional performances. Look really, really eye catching, and that's what that's what that's what stuck with me. I think. It's been eye catching more than anything else. I wouldn't say so and as, if you have questions about my my power rankings and what I've, what I've put up, some performances just haven't been eye catching and you know i'm not going look I'm not going to be right with all of these. some of these horses are not going to win at the festival. I fully admit that i my rankings may suggest they would, but some of their, their some of their performances have been have have been eye catching and Lucia is the prime example.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay, I think Lucia will win. Actually, at the festival, yes, and I've got no problem being on the list. I'm not. I'm not keen about being third. I mean, race at Exeter that she won. I mean, to be honest, I think we could have won that race. I mean,
2: <laughs> uh, but but yeah, look, third, no, on the list, yes. So that, uh, that's all I'm going to say. Second and first, State Man, Constitution Hill. I have to say,
0: I have absolutely. No complaints with those two. That's I, I think that was
3: a bit of a foregone conclusion, really. Yes.
0: Yes. Although I was slightly worried that you were going to throw a spanner in the works, and I don't know.
1: I'm just, I'm just. I'm sorry, I hate to go back I'm just looking at Goodland. Um, um, um.
2: You know what's what's been what's been beaten. I, I just, it, it doesn't. It just doesn't convince me.
1: A lot of people jumped on after Leopardstown, and, you know. Will being bitter and Sandor Glacain losing, you know. People are like no,
0: that. No, 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 oh, <laughs> Goodland good is Goodland is a better, a better, a better horse than Sandor Glacain. Sandor Glocaine is an is an okay shout for the Albert Bartlett. That's all.
1: I just, mm, I It would be it would be really interesting to see if, if American Mike run in that race. What the distance? Ugh. Between right. Goodland and America, might would have been. America, Goodland would have, I, I'd imagine beaten America. A horse
2: is just completely blown up, really. But, um... <laughs> okay, it well, been... well, that is
1: a somewhat my... controversial power ranking, shall we say? Yeah. Far. Yeah. far more I mean, I've, I've, I've
3: got, I've got a question, and I've got a question. It, it concerns both your chase power rankings. And your hurdle power rankings. Yeah. If there's one horse that you think will probably make its way into either list after the festival next week, who would it be and why?
2: A horse that's going to make its way in. And it, you know, you can give us one each. You don't have to pick pick one.
1: But... Um, I could potentially see one of the triumph hurdlers getting in there. Um. You know, Willie Mullins is just fucking lethal. Blood Destiny, Lossy Mouth, Gallim Arceau has
2: all one of them. Um, Gallim so to win. I, I, I Any three of them could win, I
1: think. Danny Mullins. Mm-hmm. Danny Mullins. People have been saying just about Danny Mullins. I'm not a fan of that, but... <laughs> <laughs> Always gamble responsibly.
3: <laughs> And okay, on... so what one of the Triumph hurdlers making its way into the hurdle list potentially? What about the chase list? Anything you see there potentially making its way in?
2: Um well Editor de Geet, Now you, you were surprised, Josh, he wasn't on there
1: to start with. I just think although the the, the form is, you know, is good, I think, you know, there were ten horses who've shown a bit more. Um, I mean
3: Enegameen didn't even get an honourable mention
1: no because I don't think it's shown much I think the race he won, he won at Cheltenham last year just for the apart really mm-hmm.
2: um,
1: Edith de de for the Moors could you know if if de de wins the the champion chase will be will be in the top five for sure top three you never know but top five for sure uh I don't really oh I don't really know. I'll go with the CDG. Well
2: thank you very
0: much, Jack, for your power rankings today. We've got the hurdles for the chasers. Listeners, please keep an eye out because we'll be having a revised version after the festival where all the horses that I was upset about being omitted will be in the top ten and so everything will be good again. If you listen out there. Thank you very much, gent. <laughs>